Lopez Pursuits. Episode 1. Lyon. A finely spun tale. Today is a great day. The BIRO, the Bureau of Investigation and Research of Objects that is part of the House of Hermes, is welcoming a new recruit. Penelope is 29 years old and has a PhD in art history. She was recruited to join the ranks of a small team of people who, behind the scenes, travel the world in search of unique, mysterious objects that are linked to the history of the house. Her mission, should she accept it, is to dive into mystery, to untangle the threads and shed a new light on the story of Hermes. But Penelope's first day starts with a meeting at the Faubourg building in Paris with Menou de Baselaire, curator of the Hermes Museum and director of cultural heritage. Our character is on her way. Or she will be, soon. No, I don't know where your passport is. I'm late, Ulysses. Not today. I don't ask you where my bike battery is, do I? Right, I need to go. It's my first day and I'm already late for my meeting with the Director of Cultural Heritage, you know. See you tonight. Have a good day. Morning. I have an appointment with Menu de Baselaire at 11. I'm Penelope, the BIRO's latest recruit. Good morning, mademoiselle. Madame de Baselaire is waiting for you. Good morning, Penelope. We have not yet had the chance to meet. Good morning, madame. I'm honored to make your acquaintance and I'm very happy to work with oh, you. The pleasure is mine, Penelope. Welcome to the Office Museum of Emile Hermès. One could also call it Alibaba's cave. This is where we keep the extraordinary collection belonging to Emile Hermès, grandson of the founder of the house. His collection is like a history of mobility in movement, of the relationship between men and horses. It brings together artisanal species, artworks, curiosities, like this little horse right here on the floor. All sorts of magical memories. I often say that this collection is the house subconscious. I will show you all this in detail very soon. But first things first, congratulations on your new job, Penelope. Thank you, madame. I'm sure you will be the perfect person to lead these investigations. I really liked your profile and how it crosses so many areas of expertise. I hope that one day, you will tell me all about the extraordinary investigation you led on those 18th century drawings for your thesis. But we don't have a lot of time today. I already have a mission for you. It concerns one of our key pieces, the Hermes seal scarf, the carré. We have acquired a very special one, an edition of the house first ever carré, on which we have found something absolutely extraordinary, completely unprecedented, a written message. Can you believe it? When I tell you that this house is literally alive. We'll get to know each other very soon. But today, 
you must leave for Lyon. That's where you need to go for anything silk-related. You leave at 2.32 p.m. from Gare de Lyon. Someone will be waiting for you at the station to take you to our new store. That's where we found this strange carry. Good luck, Penelope. I'm sure you will be perfect for the job. Thank you, madame. I will do my best. See you very soon. Let's see what Menou has prepared for me. The first Hermès Carré was imagined by Robert Dumas, Émile Hermès' son-in-law, in 1937. Dumas, who was a great admirer of drawings, came up with the idea of creating an accessory for women named Le Carré and printed in Lyon. And there's a recording as well. The first Carré Hermès éditeur, 1937, was inspired by an old game bought at an auction house. It was created by using a technique named xylographie, which is a way of printing using wooden blocks. Mademoiselle, sorry to bother you. Would you like something to drink? A refreshment? Ah, with pleasure. Do you have something with ginger? Fresh ginger juice. Or maybe ginger tea. I see what you're thinking. I'll be back in a minute. I'll see what I can do. The Carré was unveiled in September 1936, issue of Vogue, as part of the Hermès Suggestions catalogue for 1937, in which it was called Yellow Silk Scarf, Jeu des Omnibus et des Dames Blanches. Okay, so that's the first Carré. But the first Carré au cadre, also known as the flat frame or the Lyonnaise technique, as it was developed in Lyon in the 1920s, was in fact created in 1948. The guiding principle for this technique is that each color is linked to a specific frame, marks the starting point of the relationship between Hermès and the artisan of Lyon. We have arrived at Lyon-Pardieu, our final stop. We hope you had a pleasant trip. Please make sure you have all your belongings with you when leaving the carriage. Despite having traveled across all five continents, it's Penelope's first time in Lyon. She exits the train and finds Camel. He will be her guide during this investigation. He is waiting for her at the meeting point outside the station. Good afternoon, Penelope. Nice to meet you. Good afternoon, Camel. Have you been to Lyon before? No, it's my first time. The pair make their way to the Hermes store at the heart of the city, President Edouard Herriot Street, 96. So, Penelope, welcome to Lyon. As you know, we have two hills, and also two rivers. And at their meeting point, the Musée des Confluents, the hypest place in Lyon today, alongside La Sucrière, the contemporary art museum. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a very beautiful spot right next to the Sun River. Mm -hmm. It's where the people of Lyon like to hang out when the weather is nice. Oh, really? They come for a stroll, for a jog, or for a drink at the end of the week. <gasps> And that's exactly what I used to do every Friday. And you can see uh, Penelope on your right. You can see Fourvière, wow. the Fourvière Hill. And on the other side, the Croix-Rousse Hill, where all the silk manufacturers are based. Oh, that's the Croix-Rousse. Also known as Canu. Ah. So there you are. But here is somewhere we like a little less, the tunnel and the Fourvière, because of the traffic.
Good afternoon, Penelope. Good afternoon, monsieur. I'm Xavier, the store manager. I'm so happy you were able to join us so quickly. Did you have a good trip? Yes, very good, thank you. Wonderful. So, welcome in our store in Lyon. As you can see, it has just been renovated. The new interiors tell the story of the house as well as its relationship to the textile and silk industry. For example, you see this pattern over here? Yes, it's very beautiful. Well, it's called Brocatel. It dates back to the 18th century and was taken from the house archives. We reworked it and we chose to make it the main pattern. If you look carefully, you will find it in the different locations around the store. Over here, for example, you can see its shapes molded into the plaster. And over there, it was sanded onto these wood panels. In the space dedicated to the jewelry, it was woven in a powder pink seal damask. But follow me, I will show you the mysterious carry. Of course, you are already familiar with the first carré au cadre, les costumes normands. Ah yes, of course. The first carré created using a flat frame, also called the Lyonnaise technique. Yes, that's one! I see you are on a familiar ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, take a look at this edition of the costume normand that we chose to display in the store. An inscription reading EZE has appeared in the lower right hand corner of the carré. See for yourself, it's incredible! It appeared one morning. Do you see it as I do? Ah, yes, I can see it. It's indeed very strange. When you look at the silk, these signs don't seem to have been added at a later date. Uh, yet they appeared as if by magic. Here, let's take it out of the frame. I will hand you the carry. I hope you will be able to help us solve this mystery. Thank you. I'll do my best. Once the carré is carefully folded into its box and placed in her backpack, Penelope sets off for the Hermès Atelier to try and understand how a message could have appeared on the silk in such a mysterious way. Camel drives her to Pierre Benit, a small town south of Lyon. This is where all the Hermès silk scarves are produced alongside the Mouche River. Here we are. This is where the story of silk begins. In these ateliers, the artisans mix, cook, and place the colors using a flat frame on long rolls of raw silk. You are standing under mulberry trees. Do you know the legend, Penelope? So, listen to me. Once upon a time, a Chinese princess was having tea under a mulberry tree when something fell into her cup. As she was trying to remove it, she unwound the first ever silk cocoon. This was 26, 40 years before our era. Can you imagine it? The secret was carefully kept for centuries. Whomever dared to revert it to the West was sentenced to death. Silk was only for kings at the time. When they got married, when they signed peace treaties, they would buy themselves this precious material. Silk was more important than gold. Welcome to the very spot where Hermes Carré are produced. Come with me, Penelope. I'll take you to the coloring section. Good afternoon, I'm Penelope. Good afternoon, Penelope. I'm sorry to disturb you while you're working. I, I would like to show you something. Penelope takes the scarf out of its box and unfolds it delicately. Wait. Wait, what? But... Am I delusional? The inscription has vanished. But, but I'm sure it was there. 
I just saw this Karig framed in the store and, and you could very clearly make out an inscription. An E, a Z and an E. There's nothing here. <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe they gave me the wrong one. Please excuse me. I need to go back to the store. Ulysses, you've called me seven times. What's going on? Oh, I've reached you at last. I'm looking for the small printer. I can't find it. You didn't take it with you by any chance. But tell me, how's your first day going? Well, I'm in Lyon. In Lyon? Well, yes. I took the train this morning. Sent to Lyon for my first mission. The baptism of fire. It's quite a strange case, by the way. A message appeared on a silk scarf out of nowhere. Three small letters in a corner that weren't there the day before. But the craziest thing is that I have the scarf with me and the letters have disappeared again. I mean, can you believe it? It's like a message written in invisible ink but on silk. A, m a message that would only appear in certain situations. <gasps> wait. Wait a minute. That might be it. Well, Ulysses says I have to go. I need to make a phone call. Oh, and, and there's pasta in the fridge. See you later. Bye. Kamel? It's Penelope. I left a bit quickly, but I've just had an idea. I will explain, but first, can I speak to the colorist, please? Of course, Penelope. Hello? Hello again, it's Penelope. I came to see you earlier with that mysterious silk scarf. I've just had an idea. I'll need your insight. Every color is linked to a frame, right? Yes, that's correct. Well. Would it be possible for a color printed on silk to only be visible under certain conditions, just like invisible ink? That could explain why the message appeared in the store, but not at your atelier. Hmm, let me think. There is this uh, phenomenon called metamerism, the influence of light on a color. Which means? As it turns out, two colors that seem completely similar can change when exposed to different light sources. Um, just like it could totally be possible for a color or a pattern to only appear under certain conditions. Does that answer your question? Yes, I think. So, if I understand correctly, it can depend on the lighting and its intensity. Yeah, that can be it. Mm. In, in the store, the scarf was framed under a spotlight. Uh, wait a minute, let's try it out right now. If I unfold the scarf in daylight, I can't see anything. However, and um, Monsieur, could I turn your light on for a moment? If I place it under the light in the scar and I tip it slightly, bingo, the letters reappear. E Z E. While in a taxi, Penelope reports back for the first time. She calls Menou de Bazelaire. Hello, Madame de Bazelaire, it's Penelope. And tells her what she has discovered. It's a good lead. But how could this have happened? It can't have been an accident. Unless... Let me think. It looks like a message. A personal message. After congratulating Penelope, Menou contacts Special Orders, the service located at the 24 Faubourg store in charge of the made-to-measure items requested by clients. 
She was right to follow her intuition. A couple of minutes later, Penelope's phone vibrates again. The message gives instructions, a name, and the phone number. Contact Monsieur Antoine Baton, Lyon, 0667872324. Hello, Antoine Baton? My name is Penelope. I work for Hermès. I wanted to know if you have recently placed a special order. Uh, hello, madame. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I did place an order for a very special carré. A carré whose colors change depending on the light. Antoine Baton had imagined this unique scarf for someone named Sophie. Antoine and Sophie met over 30 years ago. They fell in love during a summer spent on the Côte d'Azur in a small village named Aise, near Nice. Between them, everything was easy and gentle, like summertime love can sometimes be. And then that summer, which had seemed infinite, came to an end. Sophie had to return abroad where she lived with her parents. The day before leaving, she suggested one last stroll at sunset along Nietzsche's pass high up in the village. They arranged to meet at the top of the pass at sunset, the moment when the sky is aflame and the colors blend together, the moment when, as Sophie had duly noted while reading Thus Spoke Zarathustra, one of the philosopher's most famous works, the sun goes behind the sea and gives light also to the netherworld. But men can be unpredictable. Antoine didn't go. When the moment came, he told himself he didn't want to, that Sophie would understand and that one had to, as Nietzsche used to say, amor fati, meaning learn to love one's own destiny, to find beauty in everything, even fate. The truth was, he understood this many years later, he got scared. He returned to Lyon and never heard from Sophie again. Yet, he had often thought about her. Six months ago, Sophie reappeared. At the beginning, Antoine couldn't believe it. He had glimpsed her long blonde silhouette at an antique store. But it was truly her. He had made sure she couldn't see him and had stayed to watch for a while. It unsettled him to see his past resurface. After a couple of days, the feeling was still there. Antoine felt alive again. He wanted to communicate his joy to Sophie and to give her something special, something unique, to get in contact with her. He had sought it over for a while before getting the idea for this magic scarf, a scarf that would be light-sensitive, that would, in its way, give light to the netherworld and would manifest via a written message, three letters engraved at the bottom right corner of the scarf, E, Z, E, Ez, the summer of the 20s. The idea had its charms. But a series of coincidences decided otherwise, and the scarf had been sent by mistake to the Hermes store on the President Edouard Herriot Street. There, based in the unique light cast by the stones of Lyon, it had delivered its secret for all to see. Antoine, who hadn't completely forgotten Nietzsche, couldn't stop himself from seeing this as fate.
Madame de Basler? Ah, Penelope. Please call me Menou. All right, Madame de Basler. Menou. I wanted to tell you that I have solved the mystery of the carré, and I mean you will be wonderful. Well done, my dear. Right. Get on the next train and come back to Paris. I have another mission for you.